Welcome to John Michael's Personal Branding Masterclass. John is the founder and CEO of Image Group International, an award-winning image consulting and personal branding pioneer established in 1989. This podcast will bring you old-school wisdom, inspiring ideas, strategies, and hacks for the new tech world. Here you will learn everything about personal branding, the system, the techniques, and the right mindset to have a successful personal brand, image, and reputation. Hello all. Today I will be talking to Olympic champion, Kathy Watt, OAM, who created cycling history when she won the first gold medal for Australia. And that means for men and women in the 1992 Barcelona Olympic road race. To share a little bit more about Kathy, she also won the silver in the pursuit at the same Olympics. She also studied a Bachelor of Science, and she got a degree from the University of Melbourne with a major in physiology and pathology. Kathy, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for inviting me, John. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to having a chat with you because you definitely are an Australian champion. And I think one at times that has sort of been undervalued, um, if you don't mind me saying that. Um, probably one of the pioneers of uh, women's cycling and certainly by uh, winning the Olympics that put cycling on the map in many ways and they introduced a full-time program for women um, for road cycling which is continuing still um, at the AIS in Canberra. That is fantastic. Now the topic of today's episode is really valuable lessons from an Olympic champion and uh, what I'd like to explore, now you've started by sharing some of that, so that is fantastic. Uh, what I'd like to explore those um, that obviously you've had a reputation, you know, and I, and I got this from one of the sites online. It says, what is small and tough of spirit has always been an all-rounder. I love that, right? Or I certainly, the small bit I can relate to, um, <laughs> Tough of spirit, I can also relate to as well. So I'd like to know, you know, to start this conversation going, uh, is where did you get this tough fighting spirit? Where did it come from? My mum was very determined and um, always encouraged uh, me and my sisters to be very um, self-reliant, I guess, and and um, not to give up easily and persistent. And my father, he he was a marathon and ultra marathon runner and he also climbed the first person to climb Kilimanjaro with no oxygen wow um, he ran up there yeah he was a real adventurer and he traveled the world running marathons getting 10th in the Boston marathon fourth in the US marathon and but he was like hitchhiking around the world and Herb Elliott said to me I wish I could have had the adventures your your dad had that is amazing. So was your mother also sports involved? She was a pennant tennis player. So. Oh, okay. She liked playing on the grass because you have to be determined and keep chasing the ball and uh, yes. Great, great. So that means also, you know, obviously being a country girl, that also had an influence as well, right? In the grit and uh, never give up attitude. Oh, definitely. Because when I grew up, in Warrigal, it's the city's changed a lot now, but um, 
there was a drive-in which you go in your cars to, but there was no movie theatre. It was really just a lot about sport. And we did tennis, swimming, um, netball, like every sport on offer, I think. <laughs> wow, wow. Fantastic. So why don't we utilise that aspect where you grew up and share a little bit about yourself and your career? Um, well, I started as a runner because I wanted to follow in my dad's footsteps and at Warrigal I was coached by the local detective and his son Ian also was a runner. And uh, yeah, eventually I started getting some Achilles tendon problems and I was in the same training group as Debbie Flintoff King, the Olympic hurdles gold medalist, and Charlene Rendina, who held the Australian 800 record till just recently, and a lot of great champions. And, you know, they really uh, was a really great group, and they encouraged me and inspired me as a young junior. Um, but then I got Achilles problems, and on the advice of some doctors and physios they said why don't you give cycling a go and then I found out I was better at cycling than I was at running so, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it was a good thing in, in hindsight so so what you're really saying is you know the bad news became your opportunity to reframe that into something that obviously changed your life yeah well, I was really hoping to make an Olympics so I was at university studying science degree and I had my uh, study program on one calendar and then sport cal uh, program on the other and I was doing uh, cross-country running and I finished, I went to the World University Aid in um, Championship in Graz, Austria and I finished second at the um, Victorian Championships behind one of the girls, or beat one of the girls that was at the World Championships and another one beat me. Then I did cross-country skiing and biathlon, which was the shooting and skiing, and I got bronze medals in those. And then um, cycling, I went to the Nationals and I came 11th. And the coach pulled me aside and said, once you got dropped on that first lap because you didn't know what you're doing, you didn't mm. lose any time. You should get into this sport. And <laughs> And um, so then I just decided to concentrate on that. Amazing, extraordinary. So obviously through all these successes, you know, obviously you've had some challenges as well because sports, although Olympic sports not supposed to be professional, the reality is there's a lot of expectations and it's at times probably worse than professional from the point of view of, you know, the business side. Um, I expect, I expect there were many, many people and, you know, and organizations in this case, um, your sporting bodies and so on that had big expectations from you, from your involvement in the sport. And of course the Olympics and, you know, for the our listeners, um, there was also controversy, correct Kathy? Yeah. Well, when I, when I started in the sport of cycling, it was just really, I remember going to the first race and there were, there, I don't even think there was another woman there. There was just all men and veteran cyclists. <laughs> and lucky I was very fit from running, so I could keep up with most of them. And uh, actually finished in a sprint with some of the A-grade and B-grade guys. Um, and, yeah, there wasn't really an exact pathway for women. Um, you had to fund your own way overseas, buy your own bikes, buy your own equipment. Um, things have really changed 
since I won the Olympics and women's cycling got some recognition through the AIS and now state institutes and Jerry Ryan um, from Jayco and I had um, a few other sponsors with Citibank and Giant Bicycles and I remember ringing up they supported me leading into the Olympics, but um, I remember ringing up Frank Nactical from Giant Bicycles. And I said, my coach yes. said to me, don't approach any sponsors until you at least win a national championships or something above it. So I finished mm -hmm. second at the nationals, won the Oceanas, and then I rang up Giant Bicycles and I said, will you sponsor me? And he says, we don't sponsor Sheila's. <laughs> and I was at uni and everything was like right 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 I just ripped right into this guy I said what do you mean <laughs> I said you don't know your market I said that's mainly was I thought it might have been Repco cycles I said it was mainly women and bikes for kids and the women take the kids to buy your bikes um I think you need a woman and he said well I'll call you back in half an hour so he rang me back in 20 minutes and said okay you're our first woman and when I went in there, he's looking around and says, where's this Kathy? Because he thought I was going to be six foot four and shove him up against the wall. And he was pleasantly surprised. He said he saw this little girl in a dress sitting in the corner. And then um, Jerry yeah. Ryan, who's now sponsoring uh, the Green Edge team and there's Pathways for Women to Professional Cycling. Um, he sponsored me and... Uh, his wife said when I won, he was that excited. He was jumping up and down on the bed in the middle of the night saying, she's won. <laughs> that's yeah. That, that, that's fantastic. So what I was going to say was, obviously, you know, your toughness um, got you through a lot, including, you know, in this case, uh, the sponsorship deal that you created by just being, you know, being fair income, uh, and also very upfront, like you weren't going to, you know, take no for an answer. And that also leads me, in 1996, the controversy where you were selected uh, originally for the Australian Cycling Federation in the world race, right, in pursuit of the Olympic Games. And then you were told later, a few days later, you were dropped. And then you appealed that to the International Court of Arbitration for Sport claiming breach of contract. Yeah, that ruined my whole Olympics and it was shown in court to be unfair and unjust and it was Charlie Walsh just trying to put his own athlete in when I'd already I'd won the nationals and lapped her in the pursuit and she dropped out of the point score, which mm. I won also. And then she uh, was shown to be totally unfair and... I didn't trust them at the time, so I asked for a guarantee and they gave it to me and then they showed to go against their word and that was proven in the court, but it ruined my Olympics because everything was, it was just like people, media chasing me and it was just crazy, you know. <laughs> Extraordinary. Concentrating just on the winning the event, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, while I was researching that and that came up, you know, it was extraordinary because I can relate to that particular scenario. I did remember it all those years ago, but also how it's similar in a lot of other sports as well. You know, yeah. and and most sports people in my experience will never take on, uh, we'll call them the big boys at this stage. Uh, and that's obviously what they would have been those days, all those years ago. But you had the guts to do that. 
and certainly in the end, and this is the best part of it, you won. Yeah, I won in the court, but I finished fourth in the individual time trial on the road, which I had a really good chance to medal right. in. And it, and in the road race, like I look back on the video and my head just wasn't in the right place. Like yeah. I've, I had a chance and I was feeling great to go up the road as I had in the Barcelona Olympics. And I'm worrying about taking a drink. I look at that video in horror now. No so, athletes have to go through that. It's not fair. For sure, for sure. And definitely, I suppose, part of the real world where sometimes where politics overtakes merit um, and specifically then, you know, can create all sorts of other challenges, including in your case, the way I'm hearing you is obviously psychologically it affected you during that time. Yeah, I mean, like in Barcelona, Dylan Fraser said to me, put VSP on your handlebars when you go out to the track. She said, you're one of the most focused athletes I've ever seen. Mm, so, mm. but yeah, it just shows the effect it has on you, even though you can be a very focused person normally. So. Exactly, exactly. Well, you're, in the end, we're all human, right? Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you have certainly faced challenging situations on your journey. And on that, You've already mentioned that obviously you took them on, you know, it created all sorts of uh, challenges then in the race. So do you have any tips on how to deal with pressure? And I say that because especially obviously, and it's so relevant for people today, you know, having gone through COVID in the last mm -hmm. couple of years, and also the mental health crisis that's prevalent, especially with young people. So what are some of the things that you learned along the way that you would say you could not do without? Uh, sometimes you just have to detach from it a bit and just try and calm yourself down and do relaxation, whether it's um, breathing exercises or might be listening to music or it might just be going in nature, like to the ocean or the bush or, I don't know, just being outdoors and just calm down. And then when you calm, then try to think it through and think, be adapt, look for other around a problem if you can't solve it one way try and find another way um or things like that or who who can be in your team to help you like other people see things differently from you and maybe they have another idea about how you can approach something and and to adapt like to change as well so as a you know obviously um professional sports person my god that's you know that there's a lot of pressure there and especially if you've also got the personality that says i have to win yeah <laughs> as opposed to sort of run the race so i don't have to lose um, yeah yeah there's different mindset and the way i went about that is was being my coach said to me a year out we went to the pre-olympics and i I, one girl got away on the road course and I finished fourth in the sprint, so I was fifth. And he said to me, um, it was really about learning the course and learning about how all my opposition rode on the course and learning tactics. And then I did the pursuit and I finished fifth. And I said, that's it, we're going, having a look around like tourists. And he said, no, you're not. Get your camera, get your pen and paper they're better than you you have to go down and watch what they're doing and see why you're not beating them right so yes. i was there with my camera 
taking pictures of them, um, writing notes on what they were doing in their warm-ups, timing them, everything. And then we went down on the infield and we were posing for pictures and um, posing for pictures, but really we're just photographing their gears. And we realised that they were riding bigger gears than me and we learnt a lot. Mm. So very strategic, you did your research and you virtually observed, observed to learn. Yes, yes, yeah. That's, that's, I mean, obviously, you know, that could be applicable really to any profession today other than just sport. Um, look, just as an athlete needs to um, believe in themselves, obviously, as an entrepreneur, professional, etc., also needs to sort of believe in themselves as well because, and of course their business, because what we say is if you don't believe in yourself, uh, then why should people believe in you? Um, yeah, and I was, yeah. yeah, and it was like, um, I bring that to sort of attention because yesterday I was listening to Joe Rogan podcast mm -hmm. with, uh, with, and he had Snoop Dogg on. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Now this, uh, I mean, by the way, it runs nearly four hours as a podcast. I can assure you we're not going to go for four hours, but, okay. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, obviously um, Snoop Dogg was talking about when he was young, you know, coming up in the celebrity world as obviously um, an entertainer, he got ripped off. He got ripped off big time because he didn't understand business. He didn't understand marketing. Uh, and didn't understand anything around, you know, positioning himself and making himself a brand. And he mentioned on the show that he's actually a personal brand today. Um, you know, that's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, and also, you know, and also he had to become smart in those areas because as a celebrity, and he's got a lot of sports, uh, you know, athletes, uh, friends, uh, elite athlete friends. Uh, also, he said, in their conversations, they weren't also taught as well and also ripped off or certainly did not get to maximize um, a lot of their early growth uh, and fame and, um, uh, you know, championship wins because they didn't know how to do that. Now, you're a well-known sports photographer, obviously. So question I have for you, in your early days, does any of that resonate? And also now, how... Have you built your personal brand till now? Uh, and basically, um, what are you actually doing to get yourself out there? You know, obviously, as a, in the new profession now, as a uh, well, it's not relatively new compared to obviously being sport thirty odd years ago. What are you doing right now that you think is important, if anything, to at least make you know make your name, keep your name, uh, and grow your name? to stay relevant? Well, I guess, I guess in the recent years, we've um, run trips with Kathy Walt Cycling to the Tour de France. And okay. we, took, we took groups over there and I was also doing uh, photography professionally as well. And I had exhibitions at restaurants and Alliance Francais in Melbourne. And then it got, we, they asked if we could take it up to Canberra to the headquarters there and then um, the Ballarat Photo Biennale. Um, and then just recently I've done, um, I had an exhibition, Olympic Dreams, which was ex uh, pho pho 
photographs of the Tokyo Olympics, and that was sponsored by the Victorian government, city of Melbourne, um, Ilford, and uh, yeah, Mitchelton Wines and Grand Ridge as well. So that was really good. Superb, superb. So just no, that just, was in the, that was in the Docklands. Yes, yes, uh, um, and that, obviously that was very successful. Question I have for you is: You believe that brand is important in today's times? Oh, definitely. If people know that you do sports photography or different types of photography, yeah, branding's important. And also, if you get sponsorship, then you have to acknowledge them. Um, like on the posters and the banners and um, like we had a picture of me on the poster and then pictures of the Olympic athletes. I think there was about six different images across different sports and it was um, huge, huge posters on big open windows in the Docklands. So there are magnet galleries. Okay, okay. And... So, so with all of that, I mean, obviously you're very strategic or have been in your career as a sports person. Um, do you put the same sort of activity right now and, you know, and your thinking cap from the perspective of, okay, so I'm about to do an exhibition, right? You know, how am I going to maximize this? Now you said the sponsors and so on. Okay. Obviously sponsors uh, also, uh, are essential for something like that. Is that something you strategically think about right now or is it more ad hoc? And if it's ad hoc, you know, would you recommend obviously doing it, you know, more professionally? Um, well, no, I've been, I was speaking with um, Mark from Ilford for quite a while out from the Olympics and um, we're making ideas and then uh, he came through with the sponsorship and Jerry Ryan sponsored through Mitchelton and Eric with the Grand Ridge Brewery. They were there actually there serving on the night at the function. So okay. that, it all tied in really well uh, with the whole event and the city of Melbourne, um, they sponsored it and were behind it, which allowed it all to happen. So yeah, it was exciting. That's fantastic. And obviously that attracts media attention and then that's great for your brand, but it's also great for everyone involved with the event, including the government and of course the corporation sponsors and so on. My last question for you uh, is, you know, what advice would you give this new generation um, of young people and not only athletes, you know, and of course the words that come up for me is resilience, perseverance, you know, a never say die attitude. What else would you like to add? Um, that you need to put in, put in the hard work and work your way up. Um, if you're an athlete, you need to get yourself a good coach and you can listen, listen to a range of, uh, different ideas but learn the, learn the basic skills first because that'll always stand you in a good stead and yeah just be determined don't get deterred if you have a loss go away and maybe look at it with your coach and think how you can come back and do it better that is great uh, you know what what you mentioned before is obviously how it, it relates to what we're on about is you know get your foundations right mm -hmm get your your coach obviously to help you 
see things uh, that you possibly cannot see for whatever reason. Yeah, you're, you're never objective if you're coaching yourself because you're going to push yourself too hard or other times you're not going to push hard enough. Whereas a coach um, can see it objectively and then just tell you to stop when you, you know, or, or, or push you when you need to be pushed. Spot on, spot on, absolutely. And I mean, that's what we talk about, of course, sport coaches, uh, you know, career coaches, business coaches, uh, personal branding coaches. It's it's about picking the blind spots that at times you cannot see yourself. Oh, yes, um, and, and, and in sport, like the person who was coaching me for a lot of my career, they were like the opposite of me physiologically. They were like a sit-on sprinter don't do any work whereas i was always doing too much work on the front too honest and that and they they would tell me how to beat a person like them which was invaluable because mm. they were so good at tactics they could they told me how to beat people like them <laughs> yeah right right yeah well i mean it, it's and, a good, and they said get get off the front stop doing so much work Yes. And you have, and I said you have to be thinking from the first pedal stroke. You have to be eating, wow. drinking, and they, yeah, they really drilled that into me. So that's fantastic. Well, basically, Kathy, we're at the close. Uh, we're very close to the end of the show. Mm -hmm. So I want to take this opportunity to really thank you for being here with me today. Um, it was great chatting with you. Uh, and I'm sure, uh, you know, your real world uh, down to earth experience and the way you've shared it and I've always shared it because I've listened obviously to other interviews from you um, would have uh, served our listeners well today. And I'm sure they've learned a lot from your, um, what I would call is definitely lived experience. Um, so I'd like to ask a question though, from the point of view, where can people still find out about you? Where can our listeners you know, get to know more about you right now. Is there a website? Yeah, well, photography, I've got uh, uh, probably best facebook.com watchshots, W-A-T-T-S-H-O-T-Z. And I'm also doing a fun run uh, in memory of my dad, which is uh, facebook.com and then Jeff Watt Run. That's great. Well, look, what I'd like to do is thank thank all of you for um uh, for being on the show with us obviously uh, hopefully it's given you some value you can follow me on twitter at john underline michael and on linkedin as john michael plus on facebook as image group international again i'd like to thank you all uh hope you've enjoyed this episode and we have given you some practical insights uh i certainly am confident that we've done that if you need any help to elevate your personal brand, please email me and I will be happy to work with you. The email is on the description of the episode. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on the platform that you are listening to. So every time we have a new episode, you will be notified. And if you like this episode, remember to share it with your friends, family and colleagues. Thank you all. And I look forward to chatting again with you next week. Cheers. John Michael's Personal Branding Masterclass podcast is sponsored by Image Group International.
a global team of practical, digitally savvy personal brand and image strategists based in Australia, committed to maximizing your impact, influence, and authority in the business world. To learn more and apply for your personal coaching, seminars, and group workshops, please visit imagegroup.com.au or call 1-800-631-311.